Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. Hey, great to have our Westgate friends with us here tonight. Great having you guys. Love having you with us. Uh, If you didn't realise, I've been away for the last three weeks. I missed three weeks of church. I feel like a heathen tonight being back in the house of God. Probably going to get saved myself tonight. Uh, Three weeks of church. I haven't missed three weeks of church other than six months of COVID. But I haven't missed three weeks of church ever in my Christian walk, my Christian journey. Uh, last week, last uh, if you don't know, I was away. I was, I was away spearfishing. I was uh, off the coast of 1770. I spent uh, two weeks sleeping in my 17-foot boat, uh, which was absolutely wild because it was really, really rough weather most of that time. Uh, me and just one other person, my, my mate, and me and a guy just sleeping in my boat. Uh, it was a bit crazy. We was all day swimming in the water. Uh, and then at night, roll out swag, sleep there. No, no phone reception for two weeks. Can you imagine that? Anyone think they could survive? No phone reception for two weeks. No power, no computers, none of that stuff. Uh, it's quite incredible. Just looking up uh, at the stars. My entertainment uh, over that period of time was watching Fallen Stars. I saw a bunch, you know. Uh, you know, we have a lot of stars when we're not in the city. Uh, when we're not, like, the only lights I could see was like way off in the distance. You could sort of see a glow from Gladstone. And uh, it was pretty cool. We had an amazing time. I am glad to be home. A little bit exhausted. It was a, a crazy thing. Two weeks basically sleeping in the boat. Then a week in the Australian spearfishing titles. And that was a whole bunch of fun. But I'm glad to be back. And uh, I was saying this morning, you do a lot of thinking when you're laying there in a boat with no internet to look at, no, no Facebook, no Instagram, no any of those things. And uh, this morning I started a series in, in the morning and uh, tonight I want to speak off, off a, of a similar concept. I want to speak to you tonight about making the most of your life. You know, when you're, when you're laying there, you've got time to think. I had extra time to think because, uh, as I said, it was really windy a couple of the nights and we're sleeping in these lagoons and, and the boat's like a little bit calm in, in the low tide when the, the reef sort of covers the waves, but at high tide, all the waves have come past. And have you ever tried to sleep when somebody's shaking you? That's what it was like trying to sleep in my boat for two weeks. Uh, you're just literally like trying to climb into a corner of the boat because you, if you don't, you're just like rolling like this while you're trying to sleep. It was pretty crazy. So I didn't get a lot of sleep over that period of time. So I had a lot of time to sit and think. And, and I started thinking about how is it that we can make the absolute most of our lives? So I was chatting to some crew that had grown up through our youth ministry and and I was chatting to some of them, or one of them in particular just recently. And I was chatting to them about their life. They're a few years out of school now. And, uh, and I was talking to them about work and about their financial situations and about what they've got going on in their life and their plans for their future. And, and the outcome was this. I have no work. I have no plans. I have no finances. And I was asking the question, oh my God, how can you make the most of your life sitting here like this four years out of school? And the challenges that you are facing are wrapped up in the fact that are you making the most of your life? I notice this, we don't have too many lives. It'd be great to think we do get reincarnated till we get it perfect, but that's not the reality that we know. In fact, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, It's appointed for men and women to die once. And after this, the judgment, we have one life to live, only one. And this is our life. And here's the reality. 
Surviving, letting life go by isn't living the fullness of your life. Isn't giving it all. The problem is we don't get another life. This is not our practice run. For two weeks, I did practice runs for the spearfishing competition. I don't get that chance in life. This is no practice run life. It's the moment that we have right now to live and to give it our best and to walk our way through and to make sure we make the most out of this one life. I remember Pastor Mark many years ago made a statement. He said, the richest place in the world isn't the gold mines. The richest place in the world isn't in the silver mines. I think today's probably different. The richest place in the world isn't in the oil fields. Anyone been to the, the petrol station recently and like bled when you put petrol into your car? It was that painful. The richest place in the world isn't the oil fields. The richest place in the world is the cemeteries that are filled with unfulfilled potential, that are filled with people's lives, dying with dreams never achieved. It is filled with people that never took the risks that they should have in life. I want to ask a question tonight. How do we make the most of this one life that we have? How do we make the most of this one life that we're living? You know, as I said, the last couple of weeks I was out diving. Uh, I, I, uh, we got there on, on the first day to head out. My mate flew over from Western Australia. He flew here into Brisbane. I picked him up. We drove to 1770. And I've got a really good friend who lives in 1770. And uh, my friend wasn't actually there because he had COVID back in the Gold Coast and couldn't get there. And his parents were there. And so his dad had to take us down and drop us off. Uh, drop, so our car wasn't sitting for a week in the car park. And he drove down and he's an old Croatian guy. Uh, he's got this crazy accent. And uh, we went down there and as we were driving down, like the wind was blowing so strong this day, like the trees were nearly blowing over. We pulled up at the, at the boat ramp and strangely, there was no other cars in the car park. There was just us and we're launching about to go out. And my friend's dad in his Croatian accent is like, you two are crazy. I think you are going to die in the next couple of days. What are you doing going out in this boat? You know, and he's just like having a, a freak out. My boat's only 17 foot, so it's a tiny little boat. And we're going out in these massive waves. No other boats there. And this guy's like, you were crazy. Why don't you just wait for a couple of days for the weather to get better? I'm like, listen, we only got this short period of time. We have to make sure we don't waste a second and we get out there and we find what we need to find before this competition. My first point for us tonight, if we want to make sure we live this life the best, don't waste a second of your life. Don't waste a second of what you have. Don't waste a second of the life that God has put into your possession to live and live it to the fullest. You know, for us out there, we didn't want to waste a second. We didn't want to waste any time. I had the boat packed with all our spearfishing gear, with all our sleeping gear. I also chucked a surfboard in there because I knew that the wind and the waves were so big that I might be able to surf on some of the coral reefs out there. And my mate was there and, and I'm like, oh, look at these amazing waves. I want to go and surf this place. And he's like, nah, we're here to check out stuff for the spearfishing competition. And he's like, the only time he let me do it was when the sun went down. It was too dark to keep swimming in the water. So one afternoon, the waves were really, really nice. The, the wind actually dropped out for a little bit in the afternoon. And I went to this reef and it was like dead low tide. There was reef exposed and I had a surf uh, just after dark. My mate's there and he's like, did you have ADHD when you were a kid? Like, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? You've been swimming all day 
and now it's dark and the sun's gone down and you're surfing like on coral reef that's sticking out. I got washed over the rocks a couple of times. I had booties on, fortunately, because they completely ripped off, which would have been my feet. I just want to make sure that we live the life to its fullest. I'm saying to my mate, I'm like, I wasn't crazy as a kid. I just love doing and living and making the most out of everything that we have. And listen, the best way to make sure you don't waste a second is to actually live life on purpose. You know, one of the greatest challenges we have in our community is people forget the purpose of life, the purpose of what we do. Jesus is speaking in Luke chapter 12, and he's talking about a, a, a rich farmer. And he's saying this rich man had this fertile land and he was planting and he was, he was you know, reaping harvest. And, and he realized, you know, one day, maybe I could just get a bigger barn, plant lots of seeds, do a big harvest, store up all of my seeds and actually take some time off and just rest and, and eat, drink, the Bible says, and be merry was his idea. And Jesus challenged the thought and he said this, hey, listen, the, the, the difficulty is this, that you're not meant to just live and put your feet up. There's purpose to life bigger than just resting and relaxing. Now, th there's not a problem with resting people. I don't have an issue with that. Uh, I don't think Jesus has an issue with the moments in time that sometimes we do need to rest. It's not a bad thing. But this guy missed it. He missed the reality. He missed the, the picture of purpose for his life. He, he just saw this picture of maybe I can just sit back and do nothing. The guy went on and said, hey, the greatest riches is the relationship we have with Christ and the purpose that comes out of this in our life. What do I see in this story? One of the things I see is God doesn't have an issue with wealth. He doesn't have an issue with holidays. He doesn't have an issue with doing those things. That's not what I'm trying to say. I want you to be really clear about that. He has an issue with the fact that we would lose purpose in our lives and we think that life's about taking it easy and just getting through. I speak into people that three years out of school have plenty of time to do nothing and have lost the purpose for their life and letting every second go by. You know, I noticed this as a 46-year-old. When I was 26, it felt like 46 was a long way away. Now I'm 46, it feels like 66 is getting really close because time flies. And making the most of every second is how we live on purpose and allow God to fulfill all of what we have. Out of this story, I see the bit of Let's drink and be merry. You know, I can't think of a greater waste of life than a life that's wasted in drunkenness and alcohol and the stupidity that's wrapped up in that. Uh, you know, we go to this spearfishing competition. My mate's like, if we win, I'm going to get so drunk and it's going to be amazing. And, and I just stopped him for a second. I'm like, so explain to me. If we win, you're going to get so drunk so you don't remember winning. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. If you've won, why wouldn't you want to celebrate? Yeah, but enjoy the reality of what just happened in your life. I'm like, dude, this just sounds the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You just sound like an idiot right now. You know, when it gets to the outcome of that, the guy actually changed his whole way of thinking about it because of my challenge to him. I'm like, you're missing life. You're missing the reality of what life is. Life's not meant to be washed away with drunkenness and stupidity. Life's meant to be lived to the fullest without wasting a second, without wasting a moment. I couldn't believe that the guy's thinking was that way. But listen, I understand some people have challenges that need to be drowned out. If you're in this room and alcohol's a thing that drowns pain, that drowns challenge, let me encourage you. 
One of the great things to make sure you don't waste a second is find a place of healing for your life. Find a good counsellor. Find someone that can stand with you. Find people that can believe with you. Come into the house of God. Let people pray and stand with you that God can heal the brokenness and the hurt. I understand the reality of why those things exist. And I don't want to devalue the pain that people go through. But I want to tell you that Jesus is a hope that heals, that delivers. The Bible says He's the restorer of our soul, the restorer of our heart. Speak to someone. Allow someone to encourage you into a place of healing so those moments don't have to be stolen through those areas of your life. Secondly, we need to live as Jesus is always the center of our life. The greatest way I found purpose was a whole bunch of years ago, I encountered Jesus and He gave me a picture that was bigger than me. He gave me a picture of purpose. He gave me a picture of a life that mattered more than just breathing, just existing, just making money, just getting rich, just buying houses, just buying nice cars. He gave me a life that was so much bigger than that. It was a life of purpose. But listen, it was found when I found Jesus Christ and made Him centre of my life. I am so grateful that I found Jesus. James in chapter 4, verse 13 to 16, speaks to a bunch of believers that have been going through their journey day after day. And he, he said, hey, sometimes we get to a place where we go, tomorrow I'm going to do this, today I'm going to do that. I'm going to do my own thing. But he comes back and he says, hey, hey, it's not about that. We shouldn't live by saying we're just going to do what we want to do. We should live with the reality of saying, God, if you will for me to do it, then I'm going to do it. Now, I, want to re I just want to stop here for a second. Don't be a super Spiro crazy person that like finishes church and still feels hungry after we eat dinner together and like, Jesus, do I go to KFC or do I go to Macca's? If that's you in the room, A, go to Subway. B, <laughs> stop it. That is super spiritual nonsense and I want to make sure that you don't live with that stupidity. No hungry jacks. That's the devil. I just got to be really clear. That was for you, Rahanji, just right there. I, 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 I know we can try and find the line of where this works. God, do I ask you for this and not for that? Listen, having Jesus as the center of our life, we learn to balance what we ask God for. We learn through the journey of walking with Jesus that where's He directing me? Where's He guiding my life? Where's He guiding my family? Where's He guiding my thinking? This is a really important aspect of who we are. Now, I'm, I'm speaking for the reality of the value of our life purpose. Again, I am grateful that I found a greater purpose in Christ. I am greater, grateful that Jesus interrupted my plans when I encountered Him and turned them on their head. In fact, I've said many times before, as an 18-year-old without Christ, I made a statement, I will never, ever, ever, ever in life be a pastor. Uh, I encountered Jesus at 19, and at 21, I become a pastor. Warning number one, don't ever make a statement like that, Ndusu, or you may end up a pastor yourself. It's a very dangerous statement. It was dangerous for me to say it's the fact that I interrupted my life when I encountered Jesus. I put Him center. I put Him center of who I am. And in amongst putting Him center of my life, He gave me a whole new purpose. He gave me a vision for my life. He gave me vision for my future. Hebrews says this, fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. When our eyes are fixed on Jesus, we, we run with our eyes fixed on Him. The reality of our life is completely and utterly changed. 
Listen, I look back and I don't regret the fact that my life's purpose was utterly changed. Walking with Jesus and having Him as a center and Him giving me purpose, Him giving me reason to exist has taken me incredible places. I look and the fact that I'm here a pastor at City Point West, so far from where I saw my life as a young man, I'm grateful for that. I, I love our church family. I, I, I watched our morning service last week online and I hadn't been here. I, I like holding back tears while I was watching church. I love what our church is. I, I love the community that God's given me. I love the family out of that, the incredible daughters that are in my life and my sons and, and my family around me. It's a beautiful thing. I'm grateful for everything that has come because of finding purpose. Will God turn your life on its head? Yes, He probably will. Will God shift your heart and your thinking? Yes, He probably will. Is it a good thing? And is it a wonderful thing? Yes, it is. I can't think of a greater life than a life lived on purpose with Jesus central continually. A life that's filled with joy. A life that's filled with hope. It's a powerful thing. Third thing, if we want to make sure that we live our life to its fullest, is thirdly, we're going to make sure we live free of regret. Live free of regret. I read a book recently and it was talking about our mental health. And one of the statements that the psychologist made at the end of the book was this. He said, take every regret that you have in your life and remove it from your life. He was a Christian psychologist. He said, if you carry regret right through, it affects your mental health. It affects your physical health. It affects every aspect of your life and your body. He said, allow the gospel to wash through the regrets that are there in your life. And, and listen tonight, there is such a great truth in that, in the, in the spiritual and the supernatural. But the truth there is also for the natural in our bodies, in the, in the reality of who we are. Rid yourself of regret. Now, listen, there are generally, just as a generalization, two types of regrets. The first one is this. I regret doing something in the past. But secondly, there can be another regret. I regret not doing some things. There's some things I would have loved to achieve. As you get older, those things can grow and grow and grow in your life. Some things I, I wish I did, but I never did do. Listen, regret, whether it's one or the other of those, paralyzes your life into the past. Let me explain that for a bit. When we live in regret, we're thinking of something I did weeks ago that I am ashamed of and I regret doing. If we dwell in that place, we are paralyzed and stay there. We stay there in our minds. We stay there in our thinking. Our prayer life usually sits there. Our, 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 our believing life usually sits there. Our walk with God usually sits in that place of regret. If we regret things that we haven't done, we are paralyzed in that place. Instead of looking on into the future of what we can achieve, we get stuck in that place of what we haven't done and we don't actually continually move forward. Rid your life of regret. Be free of it. Psalm 38 verse 17 and 18 says, I'm about to die and I cannot forget my pain. I confess my guilt. I am troubled by my sin. Now, listen, in our life journey, the Holy Spirit does something really good for us. When we make some mistakes, when we fail, we say some things, we have some wrong attitudes, we outwork our life in the wrong way. The Holy Spirit is beautiful in the fact that He comes and says, listen, Brado, time to change your attitude. Listen, Tim, time to change your thinking. He comes and the Holy Spirit does this beautifully. This is a wonderful thing. The psalmist here is writing, 
the Holy Spirit's come into my life and He's saying to me, hey, this is a bit messy and a bit ugly. It's time to stop and confess some things. The beauty of the gospel is this. The Holy Spirit comes and says sometimes, listen, it's time to change some behaviour. It's time to change some outworking. It's time to change some things. But the gospel's beauty is the fact that it's kindness that leads us to repentance. But it's the beauty of the gospel that leads us to forgiveness. The gospel says this, that no sin is too great. That God's coming here to love us, to wash us and to cleanse us. In fact, 1 John says in John 1.9, God is faithful and reliable. If we confess our sins, He forgives them and cleanses us from everything we have done wrong. Listen, you may walk into this room and carry with you some regrets. Maybe you're carrying with you some fresh conviction of the Holy Spirit. I'm here to tell you tonight that the gospel is so beautiful and so profound. Confess your sins. Stop and say, God, I'm sorry. I messed up. I want to turn from it. I'm ready to go the right direction. And it says He cleanses us. He washes us. Listen, that, that verse right there changed my whole world when it got on the inside of me and I knew the power of His grace and His forgiveness for my life. I read a quote and I thought it was so powerful. It says, The way to no longer feel guilty is not to deny guilt, but to face it and to ask God's forgiveness. Isn't it amazing? How sometimes we can feel guilty and we're like, I'm just going to dig that hole and I'm going to hide it from God. He's not going to see it. I know every child in the room has ever tried to do that. Mum and dad are never going to find out. Mum and dad always find out. It always happens. God, I had parents that God spoke to them and told them all the bad things that I was ever doing. Sometimes I didn't like God too much for that whole deal. And we try and hide things and we do it from God. Listen, God's here in the place of saying repentance, truth and bring it before me and let me wash it away. Uh, Lecrae said this, guilt says you failed. Shame says you're a failure. Grace says your failures are forgiven. Repent, confess and move forward in God's freedom is the truth of the gospel. It's the beauty of the gospel. Listen, maybe you're here in this room and you messed some things up and you've failed some stuff. I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus loves you. Jesus forgives you. And in a few moments, we're going to pray and say, God, forgive us from some stuff. But maybe you're on the other side. Maybe you're here tonight and you've not done some stuff and you're regretting what you've left in the past. You're regretting some of the decisions you didn't make or some of the things you didn't achieve or some of the things you didn't step out into I, I want to be really clear tonight that getting rid of guilt about those things is stopping in our lives and going hey I, I want to move forward I want to make some great decisions I, I want to continue on our lives it's as simple as this stop repent and dedicate from now on God I am going to live on purpose I'm going to do everything I can to outwork everything that you've called me to do as a person. That's the decision that we have to make. Staying in the guilt of what we didn't achieve holds us there. So, you know, tonight I pray at the end of this service, again as we pray, some of us would stop and say, God, I'm just going to wipe away what I didn't do. And from this moment on, I'm going to commit myself back into your purpose. My final thought tonight is this. is absolutely, if you want to give Make sure your life's lived to the full. Give your life everything and live it to its best. One of my favourite stories is in the book of Malachi. 
And the, the Israelites, as we know, would sacrifice to God. And the Bible says they would bring their most beautiful, best lamb. And they'd come and they would sacrifice it to God. But the Israelites started becoming a bit of cheapskates. And they start thinking, why am I bringing my best lamb and sacrifice? I'm just going to kill this thing. Why don't I maybe just find that lamb that's not as healthy. It's not as like good looking as the other lambs. You know, maybe the lamb that would only get me half price what the other lambs. They start to think, maybe we'd go and do this. And they start to sacrifice some of the not so good lambs. You know, they got even worse. You know, I can imagine some of the guys are like, a lamb just gets born and it's like, got one leg and it's about to die. So they rush it to the altar before it dies so I can sacrifice. It's about to die anyway. Let's get rid of this. They got to this stage where they weren't bringing their best. In the book of Malachi, Malachi comes and prophesies to the children of Israel and says, God says this to you right now. Why have you stopped bringing me your best? He says, you're sacrificing your blemished lambs. I asked for your best. I asked for the absolute best that you have and you're bringing this messed up, broken down, blind, lame, barely surviving lambs. And you're not bringing your best anymore. You know, God wasn't interested in any lamb. He was just interested in the best. I think about our lives. I think about the one life God's given us. And if we're to live it to its absolute fullest, we've got to get the truth that Malachi was prophesying to the children of Israel. It's the truth of this. That God wants you and I as living sacrifices, the book of Romans says, to bring our best. Our best isn't survival. Our best isn't to waste every weekend drunk. Our best isn't barely scraping by. Our best isn't just saying, God, life's too difficult. I can't move on. Our best is to say, hey, I've got some mess up stuff here and I'm going to get healed and I'm going to get whole and I'm going to get in the house of God. I'm going to get committing myself back to the kingdom of God. I'm going to get to a place where, you know, I'm, I'm building the best of my life. Building my best in my workplace. I'm bringing my best in my relationships. I'm bringing my best to my friendships. I'm bringing my best to who I am. So I know there's excuses why we haven't brought our best. I, I know some of us have lived tough lives. And if you're in this room and that that's a reality for you, I don't want to belittle the brokenness and the hardship of your life. I want to speak to the truth of what God wants for you. What He's created you for. The psalmist writes in Psalm 139 that your life and my life have been fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of God. And out of the reality of that truth, He wants your best. How do we stop and do that? Again, maybe we've got some regrets of yesterday. Stop and say, God, help me to search out my purpose. God, help me to live every day on purpose. God, help me to take my eyes off my hurt, my disappointments, my frustration, my yesterday's regrets, and put my eyes on You and keeping vision and keeping You as centre of my life. It's a prayer I pray often. God, help me get my eyes back on You. Help me take my eyes off my disappointments and my failures. I have them, same as You do. Moments of regret, 
moments I wish never happened. But if I live in those moments, I can't give my best. I can't bring my best. Does that mean that those situations have all left? No, I, I wish I could say, yeah, I took my eyes off them. They're all gone now. And that's not true. Some of them kept following me. Even when I didn't look at them, they're still there. Still following along. But if my eyes stay there, I can never bring my best. Here in this room tonight, I trust that you can realise that the life we have is this one moment to live right now. That we wouldn't live in our past, live in our disappointments, live in our regrets. But here in a moment like this, we could stop and say, God, I, I want to lift my eyes out of that. Take it away from regret. Ask your gospel grace to come and deliver me from that and help me to come back to vision, purpose and give my best. So we're wrapping up here tonight. Let's close your eyes across this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us. Thank you that you do. You love us so dearly, so deeply. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.